Hello, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Crash, episode 257, recorded on Monday the 15th of April 2019 at 23.42.49. Last time, I was so excited about talking about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the next film, that I forgot to actually talk about what happened in that trailer. Sorry about that. In this episode, I will rectify that mistake. I will correct myself by expanding my thoughts about the new Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker trailer. And I will also do the same for the new Mandalorian trailer. And by the way... Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker? Do you remember when J.J. Abrams did Star Trek Into The Darkness? Do you remember that? That was what the title was supposed to be, and then when the film came out, it was simply Star Trek Into Darkness. I do have a feeling that the same thing might happen here. Okay, and before we get things rolling, it was the Hindu festival of Ram Navami yesterday, which celebrated the birth of Rama, one of the incarnations of Vishnu. Happy Ram Navami. Just before we kick things off, in a vein that is appropriate for an episode devoted to Star Wars... Here we are again, broadcasting only 194.95 milli-arc seconds, or 16.73 light-years, or, and this is for you, Han Solo, 5.3 parsecs, or 1,058,131.08 astronomical units from Altair, and occasionally presented by someone, or something, who is definitely not known as the Scourge of Altair, and whose tentacle is merely a rumour. Let's do the show. First of all, let me play you the trailer, and then we'll talk about it. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight.
Okay, so this new Star Wars film, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, is to be released on the 19th of December. It is directed, as if you didn't already know, by J.J. Abrams. And the writing credits go to J.J. Abrams, Chris Terrio, George Lucas, Colin Trevorrow, and Derek Connolly. The cast as well as a lot of the current British actors already starring in the franchise. The new film includes Ian McDiarmid, Richard E. Grant, and Dominic Monaghan. So lots of British actors, and good for our film industry too. And what happens? It opens with Ray, played by Daisy Ridley, out in a desert. There's a voiceover from Luke saying that all the knowledge of the Jedi now resides with Rey. She cross-draws her lightsaber, and it's the classic Western standoff before someone draws, but she's not facing another gunman or lightsaber wielder. Oh no, she's taking on a fighter ship. (laughs) She turns, crouches, fires up the lightsaber and starts running, sprinting. And as the ship comes alongside her, she jumps, spins, and heads straight for the cockpit. Dramatic. Yes. Then we cut to the Millennium Falcon coming into a rocky, misty, grey-blue valley city. We cut to Ren laying all about him with his... Crazy lightsaber. Then we cut to Ren's mask being repaired by a pair of hairy arms. Then we cut to Finn and Poe somewhere hot and desert-like. Then we cut to BB-8NDO getting snuggly. Then we cut to Lando laughing delightedly as he pilots the Falcon into a jump with Chewie. Then we cut to C-3PO, Finn, and Poe on a land speeder in a chase scene with lots of explosions, again somewhere deserty. Then we cut to Leah holding one of those medals she gave Luke and Han in the first movie, and then hugging Rey. Then we cut to Chewie, BB-8, D-O, C-3PO, Rey, Poe, Finn, the whole team, and a grassy bank looking down onto the ruins of a Death Star in the sea. The voiceover comes in again and includes the words, No one's ever really gone, followed by the cackling laughter of Palpatine. And what did I think? Well, the voiceover. Luke's spirit now resides in the Force, but we already know that, so no surprise, but... It is good to hear his voice again. Luke was the one I most connected with as a child, seeing the movie for the first time. Many years later, now it's Han Solo, but that's age, cynicism. Though not entirely, because it's also secretly wanting to be a space pirate captain. So there's that. The gunslinger scene. In that desert setting with the stance Ray has adopted, 
and the cross draw, it's definitely a western, until she does that martial art type crouch and then the amazing leap, which is right out of a kung fu or samurai movie. It's beautiful and amazing, and only spoiled by, I'm sorry to do this to you, running with a lightsaber. It's not that she runs with a lightsaber, it's how she runs with a lightsaber. Look, you don't run with scissors or knives, let alone pumping the weapon carrying arm like an Olympic sprinter. And you certainly would never, ever do that with a sword. And I don't want to bring my nerdy stuff into this again. Well, actually, it's a geek show, so maybe I should. A friend told me recently probably reenacting a scene from Star Wars, a curtain rail, which sounds painful. Or a cardboard poster tube? I don't know. Anyway. Uh... So, yeah, seriously, who was the fight coordinator? These kinds of errors really bug me. And this is a film centred around a warrior. A sword fighter, no less. And also... That voiceover says she has all the knowledge, so doesn't that include learning not to kill yourself with your own lightsaber? To be fair though, I saw a lot of dunderheaded action from some of the Jedi in the prequel trilogy. So, actors, what are you going to do? Who's in the cockpit? Well, if it's not Ren, I don't know who it is. It's Ren. It's Kylo Ren. It has to be. And he's about to get a face full of lightsaber. <laughs> then there's that scene with Ren's mask being repaired by a pair of hairy arms. Now, my view is that maybe this is an attempt by the good guys, because those hairy hands doing the welding could very well belong to Chewie, to create a disguise that can pass for Ren in some type of caper that they're up to. Then there's Lando. Lando! I don't know what else to say. Lando, back in the seat of the Millennium Falcon. Whew. That was a very exciting and happy scene. Yeah, I really liked that. And it was just a little glimpse, but it was still really good. And really any scene with the Millennium Falcon is always something I really appreciate, especially when they jump to light speed. Ah, and that crashed Death Star. Awesome! <laughs> I'm starting to cackle like the Emperor now. Oh, and yeah, of course, the Emperor, a.k.a. Sheev Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious. That laugh is the same kind of menacing, I will return type laugh used by the spirit of Ming the Merciless at the end of Flash Gordon 1980. So he's back. One of my favourite characters. <sighs> and then who is Janna? This is something that wasn't in the trailer, but there was a still at the Star Wars Celebration panel where they introduced a new character played by yet another British cast member, actress Naomi Aki. 
there are a few characters similarly named in the Star Wars universe. Most, though, I think are not canon. There have been fan rumours that she's Lando Calrissian's daughter, but that's too easy an assumption. All I can say is that I think this woman, garbed in a guerrilla fighter's clothing, looks heroic, so it's not a stretch that she's going to be one of the good guys. But you never know. And the verdict for the film? Well, it is the last of the sequels. It is directed by JJ. I am very, very excited. And that's really all the extra information I wanted to talk about concerning Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker trailer. I don't think it was too spoilerific, and I am looking forward to that. Now, let's move on to something just as exciting, and that is The Mandalorian. I should tell you, before the clips start, there is quite a lot of audio to listen to, and there is some behind-the-scenes audio as well. So just bear with that, and then we'll talk about it. See you in a bit. first time is a live-action Star Wars series. It takes place about five years after the Return of the Jedi. The series follows a Mandalorian. This new character is a gunfighter, a bounty hunter, a citizen of the underworld on the outer reaches of the galaxy. It starts off with him just hunting down quarries, making his money. This is a character you've never met before, in a period of time that you've never seen. There's just an aesthetic to the Mandalorian that is extremely powerful, mysterious. This armor that harkens to medieval knights. He's relatable. We're all kind of covered in our own armor. Here we are, day three. In terms of the directors, I think John chose the team really, really well. Here we go! Obviously Dave, Bryce, Deborah, Rick, and then Taika. Different voices and personalities that each of the filmmakers were bringing to the table and wanted to bring that to the world with Star Wars. Everybody's point of view is sort of involved in the story.
This series offers the opportunity to introduce new planets, new races and species, new starships. However, we want it to feel completely connected and familiar. It's truly an adventure, a Star Wars adventure. It has the heart that Star Wars has always been about. It will feel gritty, it will feel real. But anybody could sit down in their seat and watch and enjoy. Here's a second longer trailer. Hmm, I have a bail jumper, a bail jumper, another bail jumper, a wanted smuggler. I'll take them all. Not well done. There are other members of the guild, and this is all I have. What's your highest bounty? Not much. Five thousand. That won't even cover fuel these days. Mm. There is one job. Let's see the buck. No buck. Face to face. Direct commission. Deep pocket. Underworld. Do you want the chip or not? said you were coming What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. No! No, 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 pardon. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to alarm. This is Dr. Pershing. 
Please excuse his lack of decorum. His enthusiasm outweighs his discretion. Please lower your blaster. Have them lower theirs first. We have you four to one. I like those odds. <laughs> you also said you were expensive. Very expensive. Please sit.
okay, that was very exciting. Sorry about some of the background cheering, but that's what you get because there was an audience there. And The Mandalorian. Now, let's talk about production first. It was filmed in LA for the budget of $100 million. <laughs> that's, that's not pocket change. Each episode is 60 minutes long. The show is produced by Lucasfilm and Walt Disney Studios and scheduled for release on the 12th of November 2019 on Disney+. Plus. Episodes have been directed by Deborah Chow, Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa, Bryce Dallas Howard, Taika Watiti. And the writing credits go to John Favreau, who is credited also as the creator, and George Lucas. It stars Pedro Pascal, Omid Abtahi, Gina Carano, Giancarlo Esposito, Werner Herzog, Nick Nolte, Emily Swallow, Taiko Watiti, and Carl Weathers. Lots of really recognisable names there, man. Petro Pascal from Game of Thrones. Gina Carano needs no introduction. Gina Carano, the mixed martial artist. Giancarlo Esposito, Gus from Breaking Bad. Werner Herzog, great director. <laughs> Pretty good actor too. Nick Nolte, haven't seen him for a while. And Taiko Watiti, who seems to be in everything now. And Carl Weathers. Haven't seen him for ages. The thing that sticks in my mind most about him, but there are loads of other things, is Predator. So, okay, okay, enough excitement. Let me tell you what happens. Let's start off with the first trailer. It starts with a character, the main character, the Mandalorian, arriving on some dusty planet and tracking a fugitive. There's a later scene when he enters a bar and stands, silhouetted, more on that later, cloak flapping in the wind. The whole scene is totally dirty spaghetti western, with the tough guy, bounty hunter, gunslinger, walking into a bar. The only thing missing was those swinging bar doors. We also see a new ship, the Razor Crest. Not as iconically weird as Boba Fett's Slave 1. And it's coming in for landing at a starfish-shaped settlement. Then there's the behind-the-scenes stuff with Pascal, Favreau, and the rest of the cast talking enthusiastically with excited-looking crew in the background, basically confirming that it is a space western. Favreau says it's set a few years after Return of the Jedi. IMDB says its setting is the far outskirts of the New Republic. And then moving on to trailer two, the much longer trailer you heard. In it, we see the Bounty Hunter Guild representative, Carl Weathers, helping the Mandalorian arrange a meeting with a client. Then there's a roll call of things familiar to the Star Wars 
universe, including a couple of creatures of the Salacious B. Crumb variety. Do you remember Salacious B. Crumb? He was that nasty, cackling little creature who was the pet court jester of Jabba the Hutt. And we also see something unfortunate happening to one of its fellow creatures that does evince quite a lot of laughter from the audience. There's also Joas and the bounty hunter droid IG-88 in action, which is pretty cool. And again, there's a massive cheer from the audience, as well there might be, because as far as I remember, we don't really see IG-88 or, in fact, any of the other bounty hunters from the original trilogy moving around much. And in this, he's really going for it. I say he. Could be a she. Uh, anyway, then there's that meeting with Werner Herzog. He seems to be playing some kind of imperial commander or governor. I'm not quite sure which. And he wants the Mandalorian to do something for him. I definitely get the idea that all this stuff in the second trailer is just to show off the old school Star Wars universe and the extensive use of practical effects. And I'm already moving into what I thought of it. So let's do that now. What did I think of it? If you thought The Rise of Skywalker had elements of a Western movie, then The Mandalorian quite simply is a spaghetti Western set in space. That opening scene with a Mandalorian calmly tracking his prey, walking with that long rifle strapped on, it all evokes Lee Van Cleef's black-clad bounty hunter from Sergio Leone's For a Few Dollars More in 1965 and The Good, The Bad and The Ugly in 1966. The second trailer is an actual long, coherent chunk of filming rather than a teaser. And I'm really not sure if it was at all necessary, but I suppose the producers want to whip up maximum excitement for their huge investment. What else? Oh yeah, the cloak and the armour of the eponymous character and the wastelands. What did that remind me of? Actually, it wasn't so much Boba Fett as the protagonist from the video game Hyperlight Drifter. Does anyone also think that? Let me know. The title logo is awesome. I said it looks awesome, but no, it is awesome. It's just the words, the Mandalorian, and embedded into that logo is a little Mandalorian figure. I know it's a small thing, but I appreciate the small things. And again, it did make the whole thing feel like it stood on its own. It was part of the Star Wars universe, but it's something new that we can appreciate without being massive Star Wars geeks. Although, yeah, I am a massive Star Wars geek. But maybe this could attract new viewers. 
I think it might be the kind of thing that even someone who is almost the anti-nerd like my father could appreciate. I have one little quibble. This is a bit like that sword thing, so excuse me for the horrendous amount of nerd that I am about to lay on you. But that opening silhouette scene where you have the Mandalorian standing against the backdrop of the outside lit up in the open doorway of the bar. Well, if you don't want to get shot, don't do that. Don't stand there silhouetted unless you want a hole in your head. But do that if you want to look dramatic until the second or two when you're taken out. I know, so, so geeky, focusing on the minutiae. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I do understand it's there for dramatic license, but still, come on. The overall verdict, oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Big surprise, I know. It's a space spaghetti western. This was made for me. And we're in the after show section. I'm not going to stop for a break this week. I do hope that I did a better job than last time. Let me know. And also stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of other podcasting from me this week because there is just so much geek happening in so few days. Stay tuned. This show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com for further reading. There's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. You were listening to Crash, episode 257 recorded on Monday the 15th of April 2019, but ending on Tuesday the 16th of April 2019 at 48 minutes and 10 seconds past midnight. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!